Listening to the latest single from the band Hyrie. And on today's episode of Hawaii's Best, we are talking with Hyrie's frontwoman, Trish. We're talking all about the songwriting process, what 2020 was like for her and the band, but more importantly, looking forward to this new year and all about the amazing vibes that her and her band produce. And I can't wait to hear more about her and her story and more about her music. Let's go. Welcome to Hawaii's Best Travel Podcast, where we help you prepare for your next trip to Hawaii. Discover the experiences, businesses, and stories that make Hawaii the Aloha State. And now your host, Brian Murphy. Aloha and welcome to episode 46 of Hawaii's Best, where we help you prepare for your next trip to Hawaii. I'm your host, Brian Murphy, the owner of Hawaii's Best. And on this podcast and on our blog, we offer resources and local and cultural insights to get the most out of your stay on the islands. As far as travel to Hawaii, not much has changed drastically. To get the latest, go to hawaiicovid19.com and you can. The latest news probably comes out of Kauai. They are doing these things what are called resort bubbles. And without me getting into all the details of it, Go ahead and go to hawaiicovid19.com because that's a whole episode in itself. And maybe we will unpack some of that. I think once things start to stabilize a little bit, we'll do a few episodes where we unpack what travel looks like probably later into the spring of 2021 and what to expect going into the summer travel and spring break travel. But before we get ahead of ourselves, I know that if we learn anything from 2020, that it can be a week-to-week, month-to-month thing. So I don't want to give you a whole lot of info right now because it does change pretty quickly. So again, go to hawaiicovid19.com for all the latest info on that. Today's episode is brought to you by our new sponsor, Shaka Guide. Shaka Guide is like a tour guide right on your phone. It's a GPS turn-by-turn location. You probably have heard me talk about it before, but Really, right now, your traditional tour guides and buses are on pause. So if you're traveling to Hawaii, even when the tours are open, this is like the only way to go. It's on your time. It's at your speed. And it's just such a cool experience because you get to hear not only about the destination that you're you're going towards, but also there's this huge database of audio and it talks about the history of different places like we were on Maui it was cool going to Lahaina and hearing a little bit about the history of Lahaina and the rich culture there so if you're traveling to Hawaii you're planning on traveling to Hawaii go to hawaii'sbesttravel.com slash shaka and download shaka guide today well I am pumped for this episode and I couldn't think of a better way to start off the year then just with some good vibes, really, that is what the band Hyrie is all about. 
On this episode, we sit down with Trish, who is the front woman of the band, Hyrie. Trish was born in the Philippines to her mom, who was a civil engineer and a father who was serving in the United Nations. So she was kind of a, a global citizen. And she discovered her love of reggae music after her family moved to Kananohi, Hawaii. And she mentions living in different places, you realize just how eclectic everything is and how beautiful different cultures are. Everything is so diverse. You have to embrace it and you have to appreciate it to really get by in life and to really fully enjoy it. And I think reggae holds those philosophies very closely and Trish connected with them at an early age. Hairi is a combination of the Jamaican word Irie and the abbreviation for Hawaii. So Irie is like a state of mind of being content and happy and above the influence. This is so much fun. I can't wait for you to hear. If you haven't heard any of Hairi's music, I, I am just so honored to be able to introduce you to some of her incredible music. And throughout this conversation together, we talk more about this songwriting process and specifically about a few special songs to her and a few incredible live moments that we got to discuss and kind of relive. So I can't wait for you to hear that. So let's go ahead and let's talk story with Trish from the band Hyrie. All right, Trish, thank you so much for coming on Hawaii's Best today. How are you doing? I'm doing so good. I'm actually back home on the islands. The weather is right and I have no complaints as of right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy that we're already in 2021. What was 2020 like for you, family, your band? It started off all right. You know, we had a few shows. We were coming off of tour. We had a, a festival that we played in Arizona. And then, you know, you just start to hear the little trickle of Corona talk. And, you know, we were still on the road, so we weren't paying as much attention to the TV. We even flew to Guam. And at that point, we started noticing all the face masks and stuff. And we realized the severity of the coronavirus was was going to do, you know. And as as musicians, automatically, we just kind of started freaking out knowing, you know, all these plans, all these tours we had, you know, we had, we would have been on three different nationwide tours by now. Everything, everything got canceled and we weren't too sure what we were going to do. So that, that was kind of the beginning of the year, you know, and then halfway through, you know, most of my band members had to get other jobs, you know, and, you know, by March, I was freaking out because, you know, we're all full-time musicians and I didn't go to college. I don't have any experience doing anything but music. So it was definitely an eye-opener. And then I started researching about this platform called Patreon, where it's basically like a member-based site that allows your fans to pay for whatever kind of exclusive content that they'd like. So, you know, you can do something for $3, can be $5, all the way up to $420. At that level, you're, I'm basically writing you a song. It's been really cool. And that has carried me through 2020 as far as being able to pay my rent and, and, you know, take care of my family. So I feel very, very thankful for that. But, you know, just like everybody else, normalcy got swept from under us and we didn't really know what the year was going to look like. And we were all looking forward to 2021, right? And now we're in 2021. I'm like, uh, <laughs> 2022 or what? 
For sure. Maybe we could like, we can zoom way out and then we can pick that up again, just 2021 and, and all that. But how did you even first get into music? Was that something that you, you grew up in? Maybe share a little bit of that story. Yeah. I mean, music was always a huge part of our household. My, my mom and dad are both music lovers. You know, my mom is Filipina. So we had a lot of like Whitney Houston and Celine Dion and And then on my dad's side, he loved like Latin music and the Gypsy Kings. And we grew up in Italy as well. So we listened to a lot of like Pavarotti and all these great opera singers. And I just fell in love with music in its basic form of just how it made me feel. Yeah. So when we moved to Hawaii and and I started listening to the radio stations, I automatically fell in love with reggae. Mm -hmm. And again, how that made me feel. You know, when you're in school, they teach you how to play ukulele. And so I picked up an ook and I started taking my poems and putting them into songs. And before I knew it, I was I was writing music. Music has always been in my blood and in my family. And then there was just a point after I had my daughter where she's a little under two years old. And I thought, if I don't get up and pursue music now, I may never get the chance to do it professionally. So I put a demo together and pitched it to a producer in San Diego. He played for a band called Tribal Seeds, which was also one of my biggest inspirations. He ended up convincing me to make a full-length album. So it was a really big album. And within a month of releasing it, I remember California Roots Festival hit us up to play Cali Roots. And then Tribal Seeds had offered us to go on tour. And it was our first nationwide. It was two months long. And at the time, like I said, I just put the album together. I didn't even have a band. So the only members I had were a sax player and a trombone player because they were the two that played on my album. That's fast. (laughs) And so I had to build from there. And so it was a really cool experience putting a band together on the fly and then hitting the road, getting to know each other. And, you know, we were so broke. We, We had, I think it was nine of us sleeping in one hotel room every night. And imagine trying to sneak in like, and some nights we were just so sloppy because we'd be, you know, tired or whatever. But um, yeah, it was, it was intense. So we just, we just knew that if we were to go on tour, you, you can't stop. That's, mm. that's the trick to being, you know, in my eyes, a successful live entertainer is you hit the road and you keep going wow. and going and going and going. So we did that for, I guess it's been seven years now. Wow. So that for you, just that going, going, going pace, that's kind of how you're naturally wired or? Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't stop moving. And so that's what's made 2020 the hardest, I right? Bet. Yeah. So I, I did move. I moved house, you know, I moved out of my 600 square foot apartment into a 3000 square foot house with roommates. Yeah. And now I'm here in Hawaii and I'm still having to pay my rent in California, but I can't, I can't not move. So it's really weird. And I did do so many months of staying put, Yeah. but now I'm just staying put here and I'm living with my parents in Hawaii. Yeah. You're not missing much in California right now. (laughs) Yeah. It's a little psycho right now. Right, right, right. So what I love about your vibe, your band's vibe, just your whole thing that you guys put out there, your sound is you've kind of already hit on it. It's high energy. It's fun. It's positive. And that I would love to hear from your own words, how you would kind of classify or how you would define your sound. And we'll link that out as well to people who are listening. But there's kind of this cool fusion. I think I saw, it might have been last year or even 2019, who knows when it was, but you had a project with a mariachi band. 
as well too. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe speak into just kind of like, how would you define your sound and what can people expect coming to a live show? Right. I mean, fusion is a really good way to put it. And, you know, we're a nine piece band Wow. and we're from all over the place. So you have my guitar players, like kind of a metalhead, And my, my drummer went to MI and he's so good at drums. He could do anything, you know, jazz and whatever. And then you have my bass player who I call him my stage husband because he's my dancing partner. And he grew up with like really, really old school roots music. But then also he was raised on gospel chops. So you just have like an eclectic and everyone's different. My, my sax player plays Balkan music, like gypsy music and, but he's half Mexican. So they love, you know, and half of my band is Mexican. So, or at least part Mexican and I'm Spanish. So we just naturally gravitate towards Latino influences. So that's where the mariachi band came in. I, I wrote a song called I messed up and I wanted to write it as like a, as a cheerful way of being like, wow, like, look at me. I just keep messing up. <laughs> so I thought, what better than to bring in some tiny violins, right? So right. that's where the whole mariachi idea came in. And we got to play with them live once too, which was so great, or twice, you know? So the, the music is, it goes from very high energy to very like soulful and deep and meaningful. But, you know, it's, it's, it's all over the place. But when you go to the live concert, you know, we have choreographed dance moves. Like everything has been staged to a T in our set. And that's, I love it that way. I love having the structure of a really strong set. And then within that, we create moments that are that are fresh and new. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, the boys are really strategic about how they play and, and everything. That's fun. In these seven years of, of touring, has there been like, Maybe that one performance, or I don't know if you can categorize it that way, but like that one performance where you're like, if we could go back to that moment every single day, that was just like magic. Is there like a performance or two that kind of sticks out? Oh my gosh, there's so there's so many cool. I mean, it, from like the tiny little grungy, like we played Stubbs, Austin. And that's where one of the most iconic albums I think was ever recorded. And it was by Marisiahu, Live at Stub. Nice. And we played the small room. And the small room is one step away from the, the outside area where the pavilion where he played. And it was our first time headlining Stubbs. And we sold it out. And it's two floors. And I can't remember how many people fit in there, but it was just madness to be in Austin, Texas, like, and to have that many high reef fans. You don't even know that they exist, you know? <laughs> and you show up after eating like an, an insane amount of, of Texas, whatever, barbecue, right, you yeah, know, because right. Stubbs is known for their barbecue. And we get on stage and there's just everyone's roaring in it. I just remember how that made me feel. Like it wasn't a matter of like how big the the audience was but just knowing it was sold out in a state that was so far away from you Mm. and then on the flip side of that you have a venue like red rocks colorado which seats ten thousand, and we played there three times and the first two times the magic was it was there but we we weren't in our groove you know Mm -hmm. it was like too soon for us to be playing in front of ten thousand. but then on the last time we played there we had just ran into so many issues with our bus and we were knackered, like so tired. And we were, it was like the last show of tour and we're just like, we're going to give it everything we have. And we walked out there like gladiators. And that one had to be the most like spiritually heightened experience I've ever had. Because I think the crowd could really sense that we were giving it literally 
the last of everything we had. And it, it was, it was su- such an emotionally charged show. And I just, I'll never forget that and how that felt. And it's hard to top something like that. Right. Like when you have the emotion and you have like kind of the already, like you mentioned, kind of the choreographed stuff already. But if you have the emotion, the choreograph and the raw and the vibe, like that's just like a yeah. recipe right there. I love that. There's nothing better than live music, honestly. Like that first, yeah. that first kick drum to the, to the chest, like, there's nothing better than just that. I, that's what I miss the most right now. It's like not just the music, but just the whole vibe and the gathering and people kind of collectively coming together and just having a great time. Yeah. Knowing that you're all there for the same reason, you know, for the same band and, and right. seeing how different everybody is, you know, I, I miss the feeling of everybody getting along. <laughs> it's like if, if one thing, you know, 2020s, there's just been such a rift between so many beliefs and everything. But then, you know, at a, especially a reggae concert, you know, you just see every color, every religion, every everything. And of every age, you know, you have older generations loving on, you know, and bringing their young generations. And I, I mean, sometimes I feel so old because I'll meet a fan that's like, I've been listening to you since I was 13. And it's like, or, or nine, you know, and, and you have to think, okay, well, plus seven, I guess, wow, you know, t- <laughs> At that age, that's a very tender age. So for me yeah. to be an inspiration for, you know, if, if I was that age, I wish I had me because a lot of my music is so like, you can make it, you can make it, you know, and I remember feeling so many times that I couldn't. Mm. But yeah, live concerts, I, I really miss that that feeling of just everybody being there for one purpose and, and to really enjoy themselves. I love to talk a little bit about the songwriting process. A song like Almost Home, and maybe this is more of a, we were talking off the air a little bit. This is more of a personal question for me. This is the song that really drew me into your story, your band, and even my girls. We have we have three girls, and they love the song Almost Home. I would just love personally and just to hear a little bit about the story behind that song. I think for a lot of us, it's really hard to feel like you belong somewhere. And, you know, for me, in my childhood, you know, we were constantly moving and traveling. And even when I found my, as I call it, my spiritual home here on Oahu, I was always left out and I was different. I had a British accent when I moved here and I was always bullied and music was always my thing. But like, even for example, I was too scared to sign up for the music class at my high school. So Instead, I would just hide in the isolation booth, kind of like what you're in right now. <laughs> and, you know, I would I would play the keyboard or learn the guitar by myself in that room. And I never took the music class, but I, I still to this day will be grateful to the music teacher because she was well aware and she let me hide, you know, mm-hmm. and Almost Home, I wrote it as kind of a song that expresses how I felt never being quite at home. And that music was going to take me there, wherever that is. So, you know, I, I talk about how, like, some people will never listen to my songs. And some people will tell me that I dance weird. And some people, you know, but that's okay because I'm not alone. And I do have a support base that loves me and, and supports me. And sometimes you you get so caught up in 
the hate or the the prejudice of what you're doing. Well, you're not Jamaican. Why are you singing reggae? Or you're not this. You're not actually Hawaiian. You're not. Well, I'm not actually anything. You know, I'm just. I was born, and I was born with my circumstances, and up yours. You know, <laughs> so I wanted to write a song about that. And home is where the heart is, and you know, being almost home just means like you know. No matter where you are, you're just a little bit closer to where where you know you need to be, and so that's just kind of what that song meant. That's beautiful. I think that's like an everyday thing. Is just that reminder. Yeah, we're all created unique. We're all kind of global citizens, if you will. And yeah, so I love that. And then going up to speed with Bonfire, your new single. Talk a little bit about that story and that songwriting process. That's ironic too because you mentioned almost home which is like such an not an old song but it's definitely been a a while and then i wrote bonfire but it's kind of the same theme i had been working with a songwriter and i had to travel really far to work with this person and i poured my heart i poured my own money into it like and this person just kept telling me you know don't worry like we'll take care of it like don't worry about the money blah 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 but then of course I should have worried a little more. I did get it in writing that, you know, they were willing to take a, what they called a loss, you know, on me. So I, I worked on faith, which I've learned multiple times. Don't do it. Don't work (laughs) off of faith, get it in writing, you know, but I just had a feeling and sure enough, I co-wrote three of some of the best songs I, I feel like I could have done. And, and this person was an incredible songwriter. So most of the work was already done, but I felt like that person knew my inside so well, you know, and I was, I was so excited to put it out. And then of course I get the email from the manager saying, well, you know, we can't take less than this per song. And I'm talking like, you know, a Honda per song. It was so heart wrenching. Anyway, in the scene, it doesn't matter. So I wrote Bonfire as like a way of being like, I didn't need that. I didn't need you anyway. Like, you know, the first words, Waiting for the anthem, welcome I say. Waiting for the anthem, welcome I say. Never thought I know it when you come my way. Listen for the right word, right word to say. Waiting for your love and no right in it, babe. I wish I was looking for the right words to say. I never need you anyway. Like, ah, you know, here it is. And I <laughs> power of manifestation, right? Like, it's like I have a song called You Won't Be Alone and the hook is um, When You Hear Me on the Radio. And it was my longest playing radio song. So I just was like, bonfire. I need to write a song that's so fire that it doesn't matter <laughs> who's on my team. People will just enjoy it and that's enough, you know? And I don't need anyone to tell me what is what is successful, what isn't, what is my best song and what isn't. Like I just, I wanted to just put something out that felt good. I love that. A layer, maybe even deeper, how would you define success for you then? I uh, That's a hard one because the yeah. older you get, the more your ideas change Completely. and you have kids. Yeah. And I think my idea of success would be to be able to get up and travel anytime. Mm. And like, obviously, in a more financial standpoint, it would be really nice to be able to like pay off my parents' house. You know, yeah. not not even so much about having my own this and that but like if I could give back to them who've always given me like I wouldn't financially have been able to start anything highly related without them and then success for me is also just creating a bond with 
a number of fans. It doesn't have to be a big one. I feel so successful in just the amount of fans we have right now that I can rely on, you know, I mean, like I said, that they've funded me through 2020, not having mm-hmm. played a single show, Yeah, but that's how much faith they have. And it, it's not like it took an insane number. I have 180 Patreons right now, but that number has pulled me through. And the other fans that come to our shows and stuff, like being able to fill a room with people to me, that is success. And to be able to change lives and to have people tell you, you know, that they took the pistol out of their mouth, which I do have a fan who tells me that. And those are the success stories that make you successful. And being able to give back for me is is the ultimate success. It really kind of brings the purpose into what you do in, in, in your your creativity, which is all I think any of us could ask for. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Has there been a song now... I haven't spoken too much about this on the podcast, but I, I grew up, I'm still a musician and, and um, I was in a band, we got signed and the, and the whole thing, right? And when you're in the studio, you're like, that feels good, that feels right. But has there been a song for you and your whole catalog where you're like, the studio vibe was good, but then that song just hit live in a way that you didn't even anticipate it would? Ooh, there's, yeah, I mean, you got to see a live show because there's, for sure. we remix everything in our set. So we will go into like a dubstep coming out of like nice. any of our songs. Like, <laughs> if anything, it's all always of our relevant. songs have ended up being a dubstep. Yeah, yeah. Like we just go ham. But, um, you know, I have a song called Melody of a Broken Heart and I wrote it about my daughter and the whole song revolves around this creaky, organ like this b3 mm-hmm. and there's one point in the song where all the music drops out and it's just the organ and i have it made that way with the producer and you can hear me i guess he kept he kept me in there because i was sniffling kind of crying and then i was like bouncing around trying to gather the energy to sing the song because it's the only song i've ever performed in a studio where i couldn't sing it from top to bottom without crying halfway mm. through it cuz that's what that song meant to me and and what i felt like i had done to my daughter at that time in our, in my career where i was gone for most of the year you know but when you play it live it's almost like people could really feel you know even the record still makes me cry but when we played it live there was just a moment where like i could literally just sit down on the ground and i would and just close my eyes and let the bubble do its thing cuz the bubble does its thing for a minute it's like a really long section And in between it, you can hear Beja say, and I love you, mommy. And live, we kept it. So it's in the backtracks and it's quiet. But if you listen, you can hear her say, and I love you, mommy. And it it just all these things that made it so eerie and, and, uh, and then, and then a huge sax solo comes in after that. And the sax solo, Chris had done it in one breath. Like it was just he just nailed it and I remember I had cried so much that I was like okay well let me go into the vocal booth when Chris does his sax solo because then I'll be more distracted and it'll be loud but I'm in there and he blows just the most beautiful solo which is what's on the album (laughs) 
And I'm literally just standing next to him like, oh, <laughs> I shouldn't be in here. You know, I was scared I was going to like just ruin it somehow. He didn't even have a daughter yet. Now he has two daughters. So when he plays a lag, he cries. Yeah. So it's one of those songs where when any of us play it, we just, we can't handle it. Like, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Talking about how people have supported you during 2020 through Patreon specifically, if someone's interested in, in checking out that, maybe unpack a little bit, because I know Patreon's been a thing for a little while, but for someone who yeah. doesn't know exactly what all that is and what all that means, how can they best support you and what, what happens? <laughs> what happens there? So I've, I've been using this analogy, which seems to work great for my demographic, but I just say, you know, Patreon is basically like an OnlyFans. Except instead of me sending you like photographs, I'm sending you songs. Like that's the best way I could put it. Like you pay for how much exclusive content you want. Like literally at the highest tier at $420 a month, I give them my phone number. They have my phone number. They can reach out to me anytime, which I always find I'm reaching out to them. (laughs) Do you want me? I mean, I'm here. And I send them demos right off of my phone. Like as soon as I get them, oh, this is so cool. Let me send it. And I send it to them. And then I write them a song. That's a part of it, you know? And like, for example, I I just put out a new single called I'm With You Again. On Christmas Day, I put it out. And I wrote it for one of my Patreons. And it was such a nice way to say thank you. And I put it out for free. Like, so anyone can download it, whatever. But then like, even in the, the very cheapest tier, I cover one acoustic cover a month and they get to vote on what the cover is. Like, oh, do you want it to be 80s, 90s, 2000s? Do you want it to be R&B, roots, reggae, or a Hyrie song? At the $3 mark. And then at the $5 mark, it's like Q&A. Like I do a Zoom Q&A with them and, and we all just talk. And then at $10, they can stream with me as I write a song. So I just take an hour of my day once a month and I go live. They know when it's happening and they can tune in and watch me write a song like in the raw. Like sometimes I have writer's block. Sometimes it's just flowing right out and but they get to be a part of that. Mm. And then, you know, there's a $25 one where it's like I do shout out. So if you have a birthday that you want to send somebody a shout out, I'll make them a telegram. is I love you mail. So I'll hand like either hand paint or hand draw or, or make typed out lyrics and then sign it. Like, but once a month you get something in the mail from me and you have no idea what it is. That's like my favorite one from there. It just, it just goes, you know, and it's fun and it's, it's unique. Yeah. I love it. I mean, that's uh, as an entrepreneur, I mean, you got to be creative and you got to think. And I think in the long story of it all, like people are going to feel even so much more connected to you and your story and your music. And that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Ooh, I forgot my, also my favorite one is I do one called Ladies Night and it's only 10 women are in the group. And so far I've held on to most of them. And once a month we talk about life and yeah. everything. And we even like, we'll do a drinking game where if anybody brings up COVID, then you have to drink. <laughs> Cause like, we're so tired of hearing about it. You <laughs> <Right>. know. <laughs> But we've become so supportive of one another. I know them all by first and last name. And we talk about like, yeah, now I really want to meet you. Like now the next time we have a festival, like we're all going to meet up. And it's created a very, very special bond. But yeah, that that's what makes Patreon so great is if you want the opportunity to get to know 
somebody that you you truly like in the music industry or, or as an artist, then that's the platform. And how can people find yours? It's just patreon.com slash Trish from Hyrie. And it's on my website. I believe there's oh, okay. a link on my website. HyrieMusic.com as well? Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you. What was something, as we all kind of adjusted and, and all that and got creative, what was something that you learned about yourself this past year that maybe surprised you or or an area that you grew in? Accountability, oh, okay. for sure. Because, you know, with Patreon, again, it's like you have a series of, and I would never call it tasks, but I can't think of a better word right now. Like yeah. I have a to-do list of things that I have to accomplish because, you know, they, they've already paid at the beginning of the month. And as a musician, it's so hard sometimes to be creative when you're being not forced to, but when there's pressure to be creative. And so like to know that I have to do it sometimes it's like, it's very hard. But when you switch your mindset, like your mentality from, well, I'm not forced to write a song. I've been given this beautiful opportunity to possibly create a song for an hour, you know, or, or, or and that whole mindset shift, because as a musician, we're just such at least I am such a rebel that as soon as someone tells me, hey, Trish, like you need to do this. I'm like, ooh, well, now it's not nope. happening. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> so like, I've had to be my own boss and be responsible for my, my accountability. And I started in April. So it's like, holy wow. Like I've been that accountable for that long. Like going through all my ups and downs. Like I'm openly bipolar. Like I deal with depression and anxiety and mm. laziness and ADHD. And I just like to know that I get through it, even though sometimes it's like to the very last hour of, of the night, it's like, it's very rewarding, you know? And it, if anything, that's one thing that I'm so grateful for in 2020 is learning how to be a little more disciplined. That's great perspective. All yeah. right. So shifting gears a little bit and someone listening to our conversation right now is dreaming of Hawaii and wants to get back on island so bad. From your perspective, if someone is traveling to um, the islands, maybe let's pick Oahu, and if someone's going to Oahu for the very first time, what would be something that you'd want them to know, to do, to not to do? Right. I mean, Oahu specifically, if you are not somebody that wants to be surrounded by tourists, like it's, you're automatically going to be surrounded by tourists. It's the busiest island. So you get on the island, and what I would like people to know is that there's so many pockets of beauty on this island that aren't in Waikiki. You know, obviously go support the industry and and do all the things. But if you want a slice of free paradise, venture out and away from Waikiki and go to the mom and pops, you know, go to Helena's for Hawaiian food. If you want the real deal, go drive up North Shore too, especially when it's not season and, and go eat garlic shrimp and Find the fruit stand with the old Filipino ladies there that are that are selling fried lumpia. Like really take it from the locals and, and find the little pockets of magic. You know, go chase some waterfalls, not the super busy touristy ones. You know, the ones that say do not enter private property. Like that's where you want to go. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I'm going to get fined. So, you know, just spread out and venture out and see the island for what it is and, and then formulate your you know, your plan for, for the rest of your trip. For sure. Well, as we're looking into 2021, obviously just releasing this new single, what are some other things maybe that you're looking forward to or excited about? Well, I 
I'm super excited to put out more music. I hustled really hard at the beginning of of the quarantine and wrote a bunch of really awesome songs and co-wrote some songs with other artists as well. And so we have like way more music than we know what to do with right now, which has never happened because we've always been on the road. So I'm just like in a position now where I'm so excited to like finish and wrap up these songs and decide like, is it going to be single after single or are we putting an album together? Like what's happening here? And just give and and hopefully, you know, find a way to get on like my one of my biggest goals for this year is just to like hit some numbers on Spotify. Like I find it really challenging to be found or noticed. You know, it's like I I have a core fan base that I'm immensely in debt to, but it would be nice if the music could get out a little bit more and and that we could see our Spotify numbers go up because like for the boys, especially my band, like they're all about algorithm and numbers and i think they'd be really proud if they saw that their songs were you know like multiplying in in listens and that there were people in different countries or something that were like and and our numbers are doing good but you know you always want just a little bit more like it'd be really cool to see to get that one million listeners you know like whoa okay so then what is that what is that grind like now trying to get listens on spotify is that oh, just like impossible. guerrilla marketing? You got to put all it in or is a yeah, record label do anything? I, I think or? I need to. I think I need to like just, I don't really know. And that, that's been the biggest struggle of, of our entire hiring career is like, how do we get our Spotify numbers up? But it doesn't equate to ticket sales. It doesn't equate to success. But it's just one of those badges, you know, like a Girl Scout with all her badges. Like it would just be nice to be like, I got a million <laughs> followers on Spotify. But at the same time, it, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But of course, you know, like you're always going to have one thing that you're like, ooh, some girls want red bottom shoes. I just want Spotify (laughs) numbers. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I mean, it is a metric and it's a tangible metric that, you know, kind of like, okay, even though it's a vanity metric, how are we we doing and who's listening? And so, yeah, for sure. It's organic. And that's, I'm grateful for that. You know, we have never had to pay for listens or anything. So I'm sure it'll just do its thing. And in the meantime, you know, we just keep putting music out. And my dad has always said, you only get out of life what you put into it. So we're just going to keep, keep shoveling music out. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. Trish, thank you so much again for coming on today. And again, people can find you on com and search on Patreon, yeah? Absolutely. And find me on Spotify. <laughs> and we'll, li- we'll link all that in the show notes. No, that's good. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Brian, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to have me on. And I love your Instagram page so much. And if I wasn't home, I would be missing it so much thanks to your page. So. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> thank you. Take care. Happy you as New well. Year. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Well, I just want to say again, thank you, Trish, for your time, for coming on Hawaii's Best and starting off this year right on this podcast. My biggest key takeaway from my conversation with Trish was to just keep going, keep doing what you know you ought to be doing and keep being you. I think being unapologetically you, if we can just grasp that and find just even a sliver of that, the contentment 
and the freedom that we'll find in just being authentically you will be amazing. And what better time to kind of refocus than at the beginning of the year, going into this new year fresh. Yeah, I realize there's still a lot of stuff happening out there, but the main thing that we do have influence over is our mindset and how we choose to respond to certain external factors. So keep going, keep being you. And to check out more about Hyrie and their music, go to hyremusic.com and you'll be able to find everything there that you need. And to get the show notes for today's episode with even more links and more info, go to hawaiisbesttravel.com slash episode 46. And if you've been listening to Hawaii's Best Podcast for a little while, please, I just want to ask you to go ahead and hit subscribe and leave a rating wherever you're listening to this. I just truly appreciate you, your time, and for making it all the way to the end of this episode. I value that. I value you. And until next time, be well. Aloha. Thanks for listening to Hawaii's Best Travel Podcast. To stay up to date on future episodes, be sure to subscribe. For more information to help you plan your next trip to Hawaii, visit hawaiisbesttravel.com.